look, I've said it before and I'll say it again. Content is king. So if you have some content you need created, hit up IOPvideo.com. Video production, podcasting, you name it, we can do it. IOPvideo.com. We make things look pretty. We got a very special episode for you today. We talking about Gotti, the man, the myth, but mostly the movie. Ain't that the right? Perfect. Oh, man. Very, very good movie. Gotti is the name of the movie. It's a, it's a television film. I didn't know that. I just I thought it was, you know, it's made by HBO, starring Armand Asante. It was uh, um, 1996 when it came out. It's based on John Gotti. So, um it's actually starring a lot of the people from The Sopranos. I don't know if you guys, anybody here watched Sopranos? I haven't. Okay. Well, it's, it's, they use, they have, I don't know what year The Sopranos started to be exact. Uh, Joaquin? Joaquin? Hello? Yeah. Signal has been in and out. <clears throat> okay, so um, yeah, this is a 1996 film. It's based on the, it's based on the story mm. of John Gotti. Um, it it kind of uh, starts off when he, when he was like an up and coming mobster, and it goes all the way until his final moments before he went to jail. He was still alive when this movie was made, so I mean, it didn't it didn't end with him dying which he did in, like, 2001. So what are your initial thoughts, guys? Um, I I wasn't really feeling it, honestly. Uh, when you when you recommended it and then when I, you know, when I you said what it was about and I looked it up and whatever, I was like, oh, man, I, I don't want to. Uh, I didn't. There's a lot of gangster, like, Italian gangster movies that I just, I just don't like, um, especially, like, the, especially, like, yeah. Explain, explain. Well, like for example, um, what's the what's the uh, what's that big one called with Robert De Niro and? Uh, Are you talking about the Godfather? Goodfellas, Goodfellas. like the Goodfellas. I didn't like the Goodfellas. Um, really? Okay. That's. I mean, maybe okay. I, I maybe I need to watch it again because I watched it a long time ago. But um, and then yeah, what was it that you didn't like? Was it the violence? Was it the the dramatic, like the way they talk. I think. What was I think it? what it was is that it glorifies, um, you know, things that I personally don't like, like the violence, like uh, yeah, masculinity, the the you know needing to earn all, get all this money really quickly, or, or this power, or whatever, right? Um, th- mm-hmm. And there are uh, actually there's a handful of gangster movies that are some of my favorite movies. But in general, I tend to not like um, gangster movies. Uh, yeah, it's, it's 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 funny you said that because I feel like this one didn't glorify it. It actually kind of felt dark and eerie, <clears throat> and it, it felt like, ugh, you know, like you don't want to be involved with these motherfuckers. The other movies, like the Scorsese films, especially, it does seem to be glorified, yeah. and they and it, they almost like make them look cool, like uh, like they they make them look cool. The, the reason I heard about this film. Because I watched interviews with this guy, Michael Francis, who has a lot of interviews available right now online, and um, 
he he they asked him like oh what what mob films you know because he wasn't alive mm-hmm. he's just he's out of jail now and he's you know everyone that wanted to kill him is dead <laughs> so he's just kind of like sharing real stories from back in those days and they asked him like what's one of the most realistic movies uh mob movies and and he's like godfather nah the goodfellas a little bit but a lot of that was hollywooded out you know yeah. he said this this is like the most the closest to to the real thing that um that like any movie's ever done and that that whole story was interesting to me and i had never seen this film and this like kind of got it all they got it all right where it was not so much about they didn't glorify the money making because you you didn't really see money being made like like in other movies like scarface or you know you didn't really see that it was more of the interpersonal stuff it was a lot of acting you know Mm -hmm. That's why I loved it. Like the the beginning, the beginning, um, that that uh, monologue at the beginning, I felt like that's one of the best. Damn, that's a really good fucking monologue. The way he's he's talking about you know the downfall of the mob. Yeah, it was. Yeah, that was, I mean, acting wise, even acting wise, you didn't like it. You weren't feeling. No, like honestly, it? I thought he was great. I, I haven't seen uh, what, what's his name, Armando Santi. Wait, the, what? What what's his name? The the protagonist, um, Armando Santi. Yeah. So I've seen him in a handful. He's fucking good. He is. He's really good in this. I had seen him in just a couple of things. Uh, I saw him in I think a I think it was a made for TV uh, series about um, the Trojan Wars, and I, I didn't like it. Uh, I didn't really? like. Yeah. Did, are you, I guess you know what I'm talking about. Does a lot. Yeah, I guess he does a lot of uh, TV films. He was an American Gangster with uh, with uh, what's his name? Denzel Washington. Uh, Denzel Washington. Yeah, and I think that's one of his other big, like this this level films that he's made. Okay. Uh, because this wasn't this wasn't that big. This was actually like it went under everybody's nose. But well, well, let me just say that I think made for TV movies don't get the credit they deserve. I I think that we tend to kind of stick our noses up when we know that it's a TV movie. In fact, uh, yeah, and, and I think sometimes they don't have to play by the same rules that that because you know. It, for the most part, if you watch ten Hollywood movies, like they all have to play by the same rules, right? They all have to sell as many tickets. They all have to feature famous actors. They all they all have to push some kind of product in the movie. Yeah, yeah. Whereas made for TV movies, at least at the time, I think I think television has kind of caught up with the big productions of Hollywood now. But at the time, like they didn't have to do that, right? And they did probably they didn't have the budget of a Hollywood movie, so they have to make up for things like that with simply just story. And I think this movie does it really well. Yeah, I agree. Cause it, uh, I think they also get away with that because it's fucking HBO. It's not like Lifetime, you know? Right, right. Because again, they had like good quality actors. I don't know if you remember the the big the big the big guy who dies. Um, I don't know if you I don't know if you any of you recognize that's uh, Anthony Quinn. He's this Mexican actor. I don't oh, know. is he? Yeah, I didn't know that. Yeah, yeah, he's and, like he's like the the um, the mentor, the, no? The underboss, yeah, yeah. He yeah. he he he's he had played boxers and other films, but he yeah, dude, he's fucking Mexican from from Mexico. Like no way. <laughs> yeah, he just picked up and um. Also, have you guys seen American Me? Uh, I need to watch that one. Okay, well, remember the guy in this movie, the guy that played Sammy the Bull Gravano, um, who was the yeah. Yeah, you. I mean, you watched it, right? I watched Gotti, Yeah. Okay. 
so the guy that plays Sammy the Fool Gravano, like this, this is what I mean by good acting. That dude, he's his name is William Forsythe. You've seen him in other movies, I'm sure. Um, he's in movie Blue Streak. You remember Blue Streak? I don't know if you ever watched that. I didn't watch it. No. Okay. Well, in um, in American Me, he plays uh, like a version of this guy named Pegleg, who was the leader of the Mexican mafia at one point. He was a white guy, and uh, you know, a white guy that grew up with Mexicans. This is a real based on a real story. And and in that movie, he played him. And he had like a straight up Chicano accent, mm-hmm. and in this movie he had a straight up Italian accent, like you know. Mm-hmm. And he's also in uh, he's also in that movie in that show um, Boardwalk Empire, where he plays this like Jewish mobster, Russian Jewish mobster, and he has like the accent down to a T, dude. So like, I mean, you know, as far as acting quality, like fuck. Yeah, everybody was solid. Solid, yeah, yeah, and, and again, it had a lot of the, uh, yeah. This was before the Sopranos came out, and it had a lot of the actors from from the Sopranos in this, who were some of them were involved with, like who were actually involved in the mob life. <laughs> oh, really? Yeah. So what you? So what was it? You, did you not like? What was it exactly you didn't like? I'm I'm kind of having like, is it just? No, um, I'm I'm. Gl- Go ahead. Is it like because it, it is it because you don't feel good after watching a movie like that? No, not at all. Um, actually, uh, yeah, a lot of what I was I was expecting. It, it, this movie wasn't that right. It, it was actually a much quieter film. It, it was a lot about you know the characters and, and kind of the the, the history. Um, another thing that I think I didn't like was that it it tries to. Um, you know, for somebody who doesn't know the history. Yeah, it, it 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 tries to take too much of that into the what is it, it was a two hour movie I think, yeah. and it's a lot of world building, right? A lot of world building. Generally, movies use about a third of of of, of the runtime to to do that, and then after that, it's, well, what do you mean? What do you mean world building? Like so, on... the discussion of like what the rules for the mafia are, like uh, them referring to themselves as La Costa Nostra, their thing. There's a lot of like the characters explaining how their world works. Yeah. Yeah, world building is usually used as a term in like science fiction and fantasy yeah. genre, but in this case, you kind of have to explain to someone who's probably never seen a mob movie before um, what those what all that stuff is. Well, you, you, I, I don't think they really needed to. No. I think people are smart enough to get that they're gangsters and that, you, you know what I mean? Like if you write it right, but that, that was one thing that I took away from the film was like, they're doing a lot of explaining about who they are. It's not like we're going to an alien world. They're mobsters. Especially okay. born under a rock, you know, since this happened after he got convicted and at the time, and then, and especially you, you watch that uh, other documentary, right? The fear city. Uh, Joaquin, Joaquin, did you hear uh, JD's question? If you watched the other the documentary, I think we lost him. Okay, so so uh, yeah, what, so like what I was gonna say though is is, I mean I think, yeah I see what you're saying. Like, are you well, saying? Let, let me just let me just finish the thought, right? Okay, yeah. yeah so because yeah. the world keeps changing naturally, because that's how real life is, right? Circumstances keep changing, and 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 one has to adapt right where movies usually aren't like that but then at the end um that's when i think you you start it, it 
it kind of becomes like okay we know what's going on right where um where sammy uh is 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 i think stuck in a situation where he um we, we kind of know who sammy is right because at first he he you're like is he a villain and then it's like no he's not a villain he's just really violent he's the one that uh, they show a scene where he just murders the guy cold-blooded right he where he what Sammy is the character that murders some guy in like a warehouse. His brother-in-law, yes. <laughs> oh, it was his brother-in-law. It was his brother-in-law that he had to kill, which I guess happened in real life because uh, he confessed to 19 murders in real life. Okay, because yeah. so, uh, I, you know, I was a little bit confused about what, what, where, where he was going. Um, but then towards the end, it's kind of when it where where it turns into like a genre, a gangster genre movie, right? Where you you. It becomes about the code where where Armand is like he doesn't want to, um, you know, it's about the family and this and that, and then and then there's a there's a lot of uh, kind of a conflict between between Sammy and and Gotti because Sammy has to basically rat on him. Um, right. So I I actually thought the ending was was super solid, but that's probably because of my expectation of what a gangster movie should be, right? Uh, but also what a, a a a typical you know movie should be the the, the whole you know first act second act and then third act i think that was kind of hard for me uh, it maybe if 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 you, if you understand the history which you know if you watched it in, in 1996 you would be more familiar with the history than right because in. because at the time this was a big story this is like right fucking tiger king you know that yeah that whole, yeah i mean this was this was huge and there was no social media so everybody knew everything about the rules and then that's why I asked if you watched Fear City because Fear City is a documentary that's on Netflix right now. Oh, prior to that whole John Gotti thing happening, they had done they had like they had a t uh, gone after all the bosses like uh, in the movie the bosses that they have like the Paul Castellano guy. Mm -hmm. So in the, so that guy had already been fucked with by the feds prior to the John Gotti shit. Mm. Yeah. So, um. So so just to finish up, uh, I actually like the ending so much that it got me in a mood to watch other uh, Italian gangster movies. And really? So, yeah, and so I think the next day, or maybe that same night, I watched uh, A Bronx Tale, and then the next day I watched Mean Streets. Okay, so, you know, that's the thing. Okay, like this, I mean, this is not like the typical mob film, though. That's right. that's that's what I I mean. Okay, they're all different, obviously. The 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 Godfather is more of like a almost like Hamlet style story. You know what I'm saying? Like it's almost like a Shakespearean, uh, like a Shakespearean tragedy. Yeah, no, definitely. yeah, yeah. It's it's kind of it's, it's shit. It's it's it, it's, <laughs> it's a mafia. It's version. elevated to such high levels. Right. It's a mafia version of the Lion King, if you think about it. <laughs> Because the guy comes back when his dad's like, yeah. I mean, that's kind of what it's like. Never thought about um, it. You're right. Yeah, and and uh, Goodfellas is like uh, fucking over exaggerated. Not that it was over exaggerated, but it's just the characters are way more loud. You know, like I mean, th that's what I liked about the intro to this one where. The they're hanging out. Remember that? Also, this is one thing I, re I remember about, like the opening scene. Mm. You guys, I'm sure you guys, this caught your attention. Where, because he, because he, John Gotti was married to a Jewish girl, right? And uh, his friend, the, right? He, you remember that line? You know what I'm talking about? Where he says, uh, "Why he doesn't like Jews? Like they killed Jesus." 
And then John Gotti kind of gets offended. You know, he's like, well, maybe he had it coming. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I remember that. That was cold. Um, my my response often to that is like, well, he was a Jew. So what's your point? Exactly. Right. <laughs> um, <laughs> you know, people kill their own kind all the time. Leave it alone. Exactly. But, but what I was going to say um, is, is like the, the way they the, like the way they talk to each other in Goodfellas was hella over it seemed like it was hella over was the word over dramatic dramatized that a word yeah compared to this yeah that's a word compared to this where like it didn't it didn't need that shit like they weren't talking to each other like you know waving their hands too much yeah yeah you 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 know what i think comparing like the godfather to goodfellas is that the godfather the characters in the godfather seem to be presented with a certain level of like nobility like you get the idea that you're watching royalty that just so happens to be criminals operate amongst each other you know things like the the kiss of death and like the gentlemanly like the people going to the king and begging for favors there's a certain dignity that 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 movie presents um the gangsters like a veneer of dignity but then like goodfellas comes and strips that shiny dignity away and says, no, these characters are actually kind of filthy and they're dirty and they get their hands dirty. They're not these dignified, like pristine uh, statues that you need to look up to. You know, they're, they're kind of monstrous in a way. We're going to show you the bare bones. And with this film, it was kind of in the middle. Yep. Like you get the sense that, okay, Gotti may be a psychopath, but you know, he comes off like he's just a regular Joe that just happens to like beat someone half to death when they take him off. You know what I mean? That's that's the perfect, uh, yeah, that's a perfect explanation because like, uh, like Godfather, like I mean, of course, they were all bad guys in a sense, but good, of course, Goodfellas. The way I describe it to someone who asked me like, what is Goodfellas like? Goodfellas seems like it's a it's a movie. It's like a collection of 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 like like everyone in that movie is a villain that could be used in any other movie or or a form of that villain is in any other movie like like in the the goodfellas uh uh what's his name joe pesci's character he, he, that that fucking character could be easily like like a like a like a joker style you know what i'm saying like yeah. it, it's it's a film about all forms of villains there's a fucking um the, the the suit and tie high ranking ones and then the the, the bottom level gangsters and it, it, everyone's a piece of shit in that movie and this one kind of makes you feel like <clears throat> I don't know I, I don't know if they were trying to make Gotti seem like a honorable when I mean you know obviously he wasn't but it, it almost it almost seems like they try to make a case for him and they may really make Sammy looked like a piece of shit, which fuck, for someone to get away with 19 murders, I mean you can't really, you know what I'm saying, like uh yeah yeah and you know considering the three different films we we just discussed, Goodfellas Godfather and Gotti um, I think that it's safe to say that there's probably in the mafia, 
people that will remind you of Joe Pesci's character who are like loud and a little bit off the off the rails. But then there's probably people that remind you of like Don Carleone, just as there's people that would remind you of Gotti, depending on like because, you know, there's so many different kinds of personalities that make up an organization like that. You're probably going to have some mad, angry, passionate dudes that just break your ankles and ask if you're laughing at them and then you're probably going to have some guys who are more chill and and then you have some guys who carry themselves like they're you know a little dignified especially if they're like a boss and how they think of themselves i'm i'm trying not to talk about the docu docu series because as i said the other day i think we should do a separate episode on that because it was great but, i'll ask you on here just because yeah, really, no, sure. i'm really curious what, what did you think of that of that docu series like i mean because we want people to watch that before we review it. <laughs> I think it was really awesome. I um, when I was in high school, I uh, was curious about the mafia because yeah, you know, I followed a lot of followed a lot of hip hop acts, and there there were some labels who were like, "Oh, we're gonna dress in pinstripe suits and fedoras." Murder Inc. Night. <laughs> Right, yeah, right. Yeah. Irv Gotti, God, Irv for example, Gotti. being the yeah. the most obvious grab. So I became curious about who are these mobster guys? Who are they really? And so I, I picked up a book, uh, part of a series. It was The Idiot's Guide to the Mafia. <laughs> and it went through the whole history from like the early, eight, like the late 1890s of them coming off the boats from Sicily and what have you, going all the way to the modern era. And like, except they didn't really get into like John Gotti and, and all that. They kind of, I think they kind of stopped at the eighties, The eighties. but um, the Gambino murder. Anyway, I'm not going to spoil it. Okay. No, but, well, that, that's, that's, but like I was saying, so it was, no, go ahead. Mm -hmm. No, no. What were you saying? But, but what I will say is this, like the first time to my knowledge that they had a, a, a bust of the mob was like back in the, it was either the 50s or the 40s. They had not just the five families of New York, but they had the heads of families from all over. Appala I mean, like Canada, right? Louisiana. Right. And the yeah. feds crashed that. And, like, they never all got together like that again. Yep. That was... Uh, that <laughs> you was, know what I mean? That was uh, all the heads from all over, I believe, Ch Chicago, California. You, well... Um, I think that was that was back Louisiana. In, yeah, that was back in like Al Capone's days. Uh, from what I remember. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That, was, that, was, that was like the forties. Yeah. 30s. Well, was like the, that was like thirties or whatever. There, there's there's a document. Twenties, twenties. Yeah, there there's a documentary, also on on, well, this is on YouTube, and it and it goes from, from the, the the early days from when they came over in the boat, like you said, in from Sicily and and Naples. Um, and, and when they were, when they were all escaping from what's it called from, uh, Mussolini, cause Mussolini kind of got rid of the mob and it kind of yeah. takes you all the way to modern days to, I think it ends in John Gotti, but it, it, they interview, uh, three guys who, if you look at their interviews, it's kind of like some of the shit they say gives you nightmares. Uh, D Dominic Montiglio, who is related to. Nino Gaggi, who was the guy who ran the crew that the Iceman was in, which that that's another fucking mm. story. It's it's crazy when you hear all these these mob stories because they're all fucking connected and they're all like 
essentially they're all fucking serial killers. Like, like you know, that guy was in charge of the crew who was connected to the Iceman, who was uh, Roy DeMeo's crew, and they act. They made a film. I mean, it's it's crazy how fucking. I mean, like in the movie, in this movie, Gotti, when they in the first scene when they go, I mean, not, not to spoil, but we're fucking reviewing or whatever. When they kill that guy at the bar, when they fuck up the the hit, and you like just instead of following the orders. Uh, yeah, because they killed the wrong guy, right? They weren't supposed to. They were supposed to take a guy out, shoot him, but then they went and shot him in public instead. Yeah, which was not, and that was enough to get for him to want to kill him. Just because of that, because he like literally shot the guy right next to him, which you know, that's pretty stupid move. But it just, it was just a. What I like about these those type of things, how different, like you, you could never get away with that shit nowadays. Yeah. Huh. Yeah. Um, so all of that was true. That that scene was true. A lot of from yeah, a lot of the film was was uh, based on on real. Uh, according to, like I said, I don't know if you were here earlier when I said this, Joaquin, the, the Michael Francis, they asked him like what mob movie is more realistic. And he said that this film is one of the most realistic mob films that he's ever seen. And I mean, like I said, like Godfather, the Godfather, well, essentially the, the first Godfather is the one that's more Shakespearean. I don't know if you guys know why, but why? The, the leader of the Colombo. I think his name is Joe Colombo, the Colombo family, which is one of the five families in New York. Uh, he edited a lot of shit from the script out. <laughs> really? Yeah. Just because just he wanted to? He edited the word mafia out completely in the first, in the first Godfather. Hmm. Yeah, he, he got the script. He got a hold of the script. And, uh, and he looked at it, and he edited out a lot of a lot of uh, stuff that was in it, I believe. Because in the second one, they actually used the word Cosa Nostra, which they they didn't fucking do that in the first one, nor did they mention the mafia. Um, so a lot of the stuff was edited out. Because, I mean, the, the movie, even the movie The Godfather is based on real shit. I mean, there's a lot of real stuff in it. Like in the, in, I don't know, you guys seen The Godfather, right? Yeah, I have. When the guy, Mo oh, Green, yeah. Mo Green, the guy yeah. that gets shot in the eye. That's that was Bugsy Siegel. That's exactly how Bugsy Siegel died, and he was like ripping off the mobs, so that's why they killed him. And that's kind of how this, that's kind of how how it played out in the film. So like a lot of shit was changed. A lot of the names were changed. A lot of uh, you know, um, Don Corleone is based on on a uh, a combination of beats of of. of uh, of Carlo Gambino, which you know, this is the the family in the movie Gotti, and also uh, what's his name, um, who was the leader of the Genovese family. Like it's it's all based on real shit. But yeah, he actually looked at that script, and he he, he every time the movie the word mafia was mentioned, he took it out, um, which is interesting because I'm 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 sure that later on it was completely different because now you had like real mob guys helping like Scorsese because Scorsese when Scorsese made Goodfellas, like it was a whole different. I mean, other he had literally had people working on it, which it's weird because if you hear about the story of American Me, a lot of people got killed. A lot of the people that came to 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 help uh, the, the the directors with the film, um, since that's they're really secretive. 
like a lot of the people who dropped out from the Mexican mafia who came to consult the directors, they were all murdered. I think about 11 people were murdered. For exposing secrets or what? Yeah, for exposing secrets and for uh, giving them info. Because a lot of, again, that that also a lot of it is based on real on real uh, stories. Mm. So, but anyways, based on like what I've heard uh, on interviews with like, you know, the John Gotti Jr. And, and Sammy just got out of prison two years ago. I don't know if you guys know that. Oh, I didn't know that. <laughs> the fucking monster is out, dude. <laughs> he's he's free, basically. I mean, if you've seen the movie, he, he, he confessed 19 murders, right? <laughs> but that's just the 19 murders that like, that they had. I mean, right. I'm pretty sure he had, like I said, like I said, countless. Yeah, that, that guy was like Frank Castle, but working for the mob, straight up. Like that's from from what they said about him. And he was those, dead shot. Yes, exactly. That's Floyd <laughs> Lawton. Yes. And how did how did? Oh, sorry. Go ahead. No, go ahead. Go ahead. How did John Gotti die? He died of cancer in prison. So the way I mean, the way it turned out in the movie is exactly how it was in real life. The reason, so the, the reason they call John Gotti the, the Teflon Don, you know what Teflon is, right? Mm, isn't that like a... It's bulletproof fabric? material. It's bulletproof material. They try to get him for hella shit, but he, he you know, whether it was bribing, bribing uh, 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 the jury or, or, or threatening the jury or fucking threatening the, the whatever, lawyers or, or the judges but the judges they could never get him they tried so many times to get him and i i guess i don't know if you know, know this but even if the fbi has bugs planted in your house mm-hmm. they can't use that in court as evidence because i mean it's essentially it's spying right so they even though they had a lot of this shit on him and there's literally there's if you since we we, we talked about eventually reviewing fear city I think it'd be interesting for the listeners to go check that out. It's on Netflix. Is that another? Um, oh heck movie? yeah! It's it's a documentary, but but it so like most <clears throat> most mob documentaries, it usually deals with like the, the mob members who are still alive to talk about it. This mm-hmm. one deals with talks a lot about the FBI agents who bugged them or the <laughs> the people who were who are, uh, um, yeah who who like, tells their side of the story. Yeah, their perspective. Yes, which is fucking crazy i mean now you said Gotti died of cancer right yes he did mm. in what prison, year i believe 2001 2001 or 2000 um the so yeah he 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 didn't he was uh you know they 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 eventually got something good on him and they and whatever they were getting him for also was gonna drag uh like a lot of the, a lot of the Gambino family, as well, and one of the major ones was, was uh, Sammy. But Sammy was the one that turned, on, you know, because he was like he was gonna get a reduced sentence if he rolled on, John Gotti, and twenty years, right? Yeah, twenty something years. Yeah, so, <clears throat> so for nineteen murders, that's that's what's like, that's what I don't get about the justice system, like this dude admitted to 19 murders but because he snitched on his friend who they really wanted because he had a lot of influence and power they're like he's worth putting out 
you know, into this. And then he's fucking free right now. He, I think he was released again a few years back, like maybe 10 years back, but he got involved in ecstasy selling, like selling ecstasy. And then he went back in jail for that. <laughs> Stammy? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I, and rule number one was no dealing drugs. So, oh yeah. I mean, granted, he's no longer in the mob, but still. I expected Sammy to be more disciplined than that. Oh, well. Well, I don't think any of them were fucking... I think they were all fucking drug pushers, dude. Like, that's the thing that they all... That they all said. They all, uh, Especially in Gotti's crew. His whole crew was pushing. Yeah, they were all pushing. It wasn't... It's crazy because uh, the Iceman, his crew was also big-time pushers. I don't know if you guys uh, caught this in the film, but because um, John Gotti's crew was getting shit for dealing heroin but then they yeah. said uh but uh what's his name um paul castellano was like but he's getting a, a shitload of money from roy demel who was roy demel was was the ice man's boss mm-hmm. yeah well i that's another story that's interesting i don't, even, I don't know if you guys have heard of the, the ice man uh yeah you told me yeah that. i saw that movie starring michael shannon really good fucking movie really good movie um, which that was also a, a, a guy that was connected with the Gambino crew. Um, and he killed, according to him, he killed over 200 people and he was called, he was called the Iceman. Not like he was ice cold or whatever. He was called the Iceman because when he would kill somebody, he would take the body and freeze it. And then he would, when, when, when he would dump out the body to, for it to be discovered, he actually, um, I don't know if you guys know this, but if the body's frozen when it's found and thawed out, when it starts to thaw out, they can't tell when the person died. <laughs> really? So, yeah, so that's that's why he did that, so that he you, you don't know when he died. So, uh, uh, he and he worked for, which the, the DeMeo crew, which was like one of the scariest crews to this day, one of the scariest crews in the mob ever, uh, which was led by Roy DeMeo. They, um, which I actually have a book about that that crew. That was also a Gambino crew. They had this thing where if they wanted to kill you, like if anyone in the mob needed someone killed, they would hit them up and they would just invite you to their bar, the Gemini Lounge in, in uh, I believe, Brooklyn. They would just invite you to that lounge. You would show up to the lounge and they'd invite you to the back. You go to the back and they shoot you in the head. It was called the Gemini Method. They would shoot you in the head. They would uh, hang you by your feet upside down in the bathtub, slit your throat, wait 45 minutes for your, your blood to come out in those 45 minutes and for you to die. Then they would chop you up and they would take you to, to like three or four different um, uh, three or four different uh, uh, dumps, dump sites. Cause they, Butchers? They, no, the dump, like the trash dumps. Oh, okay. And so there was about like 10 guys in that crew, and the Iceman was one of them. The Iceman is the most well-known. So what they were saying is, if, you, if, if this guy had like 200, imagine how many these other guys had. Because the Iceman is the only one they knew about. Right. And, Man, yeah. the Gemini method, shoot him in the head and then bleed him dry? Like, you think the headshot would be enough. Right. <laughs> well, because they were going to court him. And you know what's crazy about it? Of there was course. A, there was a guy. There's this guy. His name is Dominic Montiglio. He actually 
<clears throat> he was a nephew of of Nino Gaji, who was also in the Gambino, the same crew as uh, Gotti. And he he's, he was there. There's interviews with him. <clears throat> he was there when they were doing some of this, and he said it was the most disturbing thing because um, he said he saw more. He was in Vietnam, but he saw more violence. <laughs> With with that crew than he did when he was in Vietnam, and he said, like they would do that. What I just said, the shooting in the head and they hanging them upside down and slit the throat in the bathtub, and then they would go to like they would all go to the kitchen and eat food and like hang out like buddies. <laughs> this they were they were desensitized, super desensitized. Um, so so anyways, that that whole crew. There was this documentary I was watching, which it, it, they, I wish they would have touched on that in this film, because that story itself is interesting too. Like it's crazy that these two things were happening at the same time, in the same crew with John Gotti, and but eventually Roy DeMille got taken out, and I don't think you know how in the movie that uh, John Gotti makes a move on the boss and he gets the boss assassinated. Uh, yeah, John Gotti's crew. I don't think it would have been easy. I don't think it would have been as easy to for them to take them out if if that other crew was still around, which that would have been that itself would have been an interesting um, thing because eventually Roy Demel got Roy Demel was taken out before they killed Paul Castellano. So there's like rumors that supposedly John Gotti first took out you know <clears throat> he went and took out the whatever. The other, you know, the the big muscle first before he took out um, the boss, which uh, I mean that, like I said, that I I always say this like it, it would have been a good, but they do have essentially their own movie, um, like you said, the Iceman. That that that's a good watch if you guys are if anyone's interested in in the mob style movies. What what so okay. I know, uh, Gaspar. You said you, what you didn't like about it, but it it kind of falls into a genre thing. You didn't like that about this film. It was a genre thing overall. What about you, Joaquin? Um, I'll tell you. On the one hand, you know, I actually watched it twice because my first view through, I was like, "Man, this is so made for TV." Nineteen ninety six. It's screaming. <laughs> I'm made for TV. Watch yeah. me because there's nothing else on. <laughs> it's crazy because that's HBO, but yes, I, I see what you're saying. But then, like, when I watched it again, I was like, okay, these guys are acting fairly natural. They're not over um, the top passionate like the pieces of uh, garbage human beings in Goodfellas. I'm not saying they were terrible actors. They're amazing actors. They did their job well, but they're supposed to be playing off as human trash, and they do it well. And they're not. They're also not the overly dignified, like uh, presentation of the Godfathers <clears throat> I mentioned earlier. And I was like, oh, this is a very like, very down to earth take on who these folks are. Not too intense, um, but also like not too, uh, but not too laid back either. You know, I was like, oh, okay. And and once I saw what they were really going for, I was able to fully appreciate it. Um, I didn't really appreciate so much explanation as to like um 
that's uh, some of the setup for La Costa Nostra. And I, I, I felt like I don't really need to know. There was a film that came out a few years ago starring Oscar Isaac, and I can't remember. You got you, For those of you who don't know who that is, he played Poe Damiern um, in the uh, Star Wars films, the recent ones. Yes. But he played the role of a guy who got in a film who got married to a woman who was like the daughter of a mafioso boss. And I guess the, the, the mafioso boss had, had passed and left him the trucking company that he had. But the implication was that the old man was involved in like the mob and they didn't really tell Oscar Isaac everything when he took over. Like the feds were investigating him and there was this whole thing where, you know, there was some files that his wife may or may not have been keeping, you know, like may, may or may not have been hiding. Somebody hijacked one of their trucks and shot one of their drivers and discovers that the driver was also armed. So he has to make this big decision. Um, first of all, he has to discover, oh my gosh, like, I'm actually married to the mob now. And second, he has to make the decision to go straight, hand over the files to the FBI or not. But the entire film, they never go through the trouble of like, you know, explaining what La Costa Nostra is um, or how the world works. You just sort of see it and you know, you're like, okay, obviously there was some organized shenanigans. They're being investigated by the FBI. Obviously it's mob stuff. You know what I mean? And... I didn't need them to shove down my throat, you know, the, our thing, the coaster notion. Some of the dialogue was a little too on the nose, expository. We're going to explain to you how this works. Yeah. You know what I mean? The most and, violent year. That's the movie you're talking about, right? Uh, yeah, yeah. I think that's what it was called. A most violent year. Yeah. And this is how old? It came on. out like, I want to say, <clears throat> 2013, <throat> maybe? Yeah, 2014. Okay. Huh? I had never 20, heard of it. 2014. 2014. Okay, yeah. Because aside from Poe Dameron, all I know. Yeah, I went to see it in theaters. It was great. Aside from Poe Dameron, all I know about him is uh, Apocalypse. (laughs) I am so sorry that that is your only reference (laughs) for that amazing actor. He's a good actor. Um, He is. He is. Even, even, uh, even, like, okay, all right, okay, all right, okay. (laughs) (laughs) I know, I know what you're thinking about Apocalypse, but oh, okay. What he did was kind. He was good. I, if if that was something else, not apocalypse, I kind of would have liked it. You know what I'm saying? It was almost like, but it, it was almost like he just was the mummy. <laughs> was like, where, where's Brendan? Yeah, you, Fra- I mean, where's Brendan Fraser? <laughs> yeah, I, I just kind of think that they. They made a lot of mistakes with Apocalypse's character. I don't think casting Oscar Isaac was a mistake. I think that the writing and the direction um, was a mistake. Yeah. But but I think okay. he could have been a dope in Sabanur if they wrote it well enough. Yeah. But, okay, going back to um, the Gotti thing. The most violent year in the movie. But, no, seriously, like, if, if you I, have I see, time, J.D., I will definitely check, check that out. out. I'll definitely check it out. Now that you guys are mentioning this, all right, I'll, you know. I didn't really notice. I didn't really notice the explaining as much. Because I didn't mind it. I guess that's what I'm saying. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, like I don't. It, may, it makes sense I'm, though. It makes sense it when makes you think sense. about it. It, it makes when, sense, but yeah. But I, now that I, now that you guys point that out, it, it kind of fucks it up because 
like for real, for real, if they were in this shit together, they they're not gonna be explaining shit like that. You know, I don't know. Yeah, like if if they were in real life, they wouldn't be just like talking to each other like this is the first time they've ever talked about it. You know, exactly. The reason that like Goodfellas does this well is because the narrator is explaining it to us because the narrator expects us not to know. Right. But like the two characters actually like talking about how everything works, I just kind of feel like. "Mm." Mm-hmm. I, I let it pass for science fiction and fantasy because I'm like, okay, you have a challenge to fill a lot of information as simply as you can into a two-hour movie. And sometimes it's just easier to put it all in exposition because you may not trust your audience, right? Right. But for something like this, I definitely feel like, yo, man, show don't tell. You know? Yeah, I see what you're saying. Because, you know, with the way their dialogue was, you didn't need to do that because they, they, the dialogue was very natural. It sounded like, you know, uh, th- what I liked about it was I heard, I heard John Gotti tapes when one, when, when, when he's, when he, when he was being bugged, they have the, the, the clips when he was being bugged of him talking to his crew and putting hits out. <clears throat> and then also when he was talking to his daughter in prison, like they have the recordings of that. So the way the way this guy portrayed it on film, I mean, I would if if you guys are interested, go check out the the, the voice recordings of John Gotti and then and then listen to the way the guy portrayed him on film is uncanny, dude. Like that motherfucker did his homework. And, and oh he, yeah, no he, no no doubt. He no did doubt. a fucking guy that good played John job. John Gotti was a standout in yeah, that. I agree. Fuck, that was that was a good performance. I mean. For a fucking TV movie? Fuck. I'm telling no, you, was... TV movies don't get the credit they deserve. Straight up. Yeah. And this was definitely, I, <laughs> I, I believe, one of them. Because, like I said, the, the star power in this was... was uh, and I, I don't know if you were here when I said this earlier, but a lot of these guys eventually went on to be in The Sopranos because The Sopranos was like three years after this. Mm. <clears throat> so so the, there was another thing... Uh, that um so okay so generally in a movie movies are concise right like classical hollywood is concise 90 (coughs) minutes two hours and in a movie so the main character has a a, a flaw right and and the movie uh it's up it's up to through that movie the character has to overcome the flaw right the the character is going to go through all these like barriers and whatever that test that flaw and at the end they either uh, get over it they improve or or not right? right um Gotti's flaw in the movie was that he was like very kind of arrogant, right? Very much he wanted to be kind of a star, and they tell him, "Hey, you can't do that. You're gonna get caught." But that flaw doesn't come out. I felt till uh, like halfway through the movie, um, and so mm, when I don't think so because I think his thing was he just didn't follow the rules. It's not, it's not that he didn't follow the rules for whatever. Right. I think I think he was that front and center, bro. Like even from the very, very beginning. He wasn't allowed to kill another guy in the mob without permission, and he did it anyways. Like when his friend was telling him, you know. But the he, plot justifies it. That's the thing. If if the plot didn't justify it, then I I, I don't know. I would have I would have seen it that way. Uh, but maybe, he was justified all along. That's what I mean. Is is uh, like I see what you're saying. Oh, yeah. Why? Why? Okay, I see. Because like, usually, usually when this sort of thing is done well, the plot would not justify 
the flaw. That's what makes it, it stand out better as a flaw when right. it's like right. that character didn't need to do that. That character did that because he's a Dick. you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Like yeah. and let me be clear, I'm I'm happy for movies to break rules. So I, I don't want to hold it against it. I do want you know, I do want to be clear that this is just something that kind of bothered me. Um but so yeah, there's, no, there's yeah, I see what you're saying. There's no flaw at all in him. It 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 comes out at the end, which usually movies movies tell you right away. Especially, what do you mean? What do you mean by it comes out at the end, though? Uh, it wasn't so because there's a lot of world building, right? They're like you have the scenes with the sun, which have nothing to do with 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 um, with that character flaw. You have um, you have the scenes where he's like meeting the 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 bosses, like. Right, and and he's just kind of. Usually in Hollywood, that flaw is going to be in every single scene. Like, uh, right. you know, you think about, for example, um, uh, what is it, ground or Tootsie? Whatever. I I just I just watched. Uh, uh, mm. uh, I've never seen that. Okay, or or Groundhog Day. Is it, have you guys seen that one? <laughs> no. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. That's all about. Or Tony Stark's constant drinking in Iron Man 2. Right, right. It, yeah. it affects okay, every single okay. scene, right? Uh, I haven't yes. seen that in a while, but it affects every single scene. That's classical Hollywood, and I think because this movie doesn't do that, it throws me off. Um, but I don't know. Maybe maybe if, if you know, if you watch it in 1996 and you watch it with commercial, or although actually uh, HBO. No, HBO. Have, yeah, right, yeah, right, right, right. But, you know, you watch it in 1996, you know all the story. It's it's it, When it's meant for that, it's like, okay, you, you I at least forgive it. But I think those were those were some issues I had as I was watching it, uh, and, and it, yeah, it doesn't turn into a classical Hollywood till the end, which throws me off. I think maybe but, if I watch more of those movies, I would kind of start to get the the, the flow. But the thing well, is, well, don't with, forget, with, unlike unlike um, Godfather, for example, um, this film, like, because Godfather is mostly a lot of it is fictional. Yeah, you have some things pulled from real events, but they're not shackled to someone's real life. Gotti, however, is a biopic. And the yeah. thing about someone's real life is it doesn't always follow. Our lives really don't follow a screenplay. Right. You know how there's usually like conflict and you've got the climax, the resolution. Like our lives are usually just like this constant stream with a bunch of bumps and stuff, but nothing ever really gets resolved cleanly. Yeah. And granted, I mean, you know, in the end, spoiler alert, and you know, close your ears off. Gotti does, you know, go to jail, and that is a resolution forever. to his story. It's they, they still forever and a day. They, they still had to. They the filmmakers still chose, I think, to stick to as close uh, to his real life story as they could, and that doesn't always. Uh, bring in room to bring in something manufactured like let's every time we can show this one specific flaw and i think that's that's one of those times where you can break that in a biopic if your mission is to be as accurate about the person's life as you can you know i have a i have a a thought i don't know what what if in this film changadi himself is the flaw (laughs) you know what i'm saying what of what he, what if well, he himself he good qualities the character he him, no 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 but he was like the flaw to the to the cosa nostra that's kind of how i saw him like he was the problem in this shit from the very beginning you know i mean i don't know i mean i because 
the movie does deal with the Cosa Nostra from like the beginning. Like it's, it's all Cosa Nostra. Like, and, that, and they explain the fuck out of everything. So you, you like, okay, let's respect this thing. But this motherfucker from the very beginning, he's disrespecting the shit out of it. <laughs> and he's going against the rules. Cause they didn't just he, call him the Teflon Don. They also called him the Dapper Don. The Dapper Don. And that goes fucking, along with him having a projected public persona. And that's the right. problem. Like you, we're yep. supposed to be on the under here, and yep. here you are waving your your mate and tail feathers in front of like the you know the photography the camera carrying public, i.e. the press, i.e. the cops. You know? He wanted to be he wanted to be another fucking Al Capone. Yes, he's that's, a celebrity. You know, celebrity. Yeah, and that's what I'm saying. I mean, I look like, at don't, it. Don't, don't you see that as like? He's he's the problem, and the solution in the end was what happened to him. Because <laughs> yeah. there's always a problem, and then there's just the solutions at the end. That's like every fucking movie, um, even yeah, in the ones true. that are yeah, biopics. no, definitely, yeah. Because looking cause at it the, that way, he, he stands out a lot. Like everybody else is very, I mean, I don't want to say disciplined, but yeah. And he's the one that's so, like. Go ahead. So I guess in this case, we could say that the mob in this film was a character all in itself and that God was the law for that I mean, character. I, okay. I, 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 I mean, I may, that may be a reach. I like that analysis. <laughs> but it, that, there's, there's a lot of explaining of the mob and, and there's like, okay, different characters leave the mob, but there's always, you know. And even when John Gotti is in charge of the one of the most powerful families in the movie, what happens? He disobeyed the the, the mob by one, he should, he wasn't allowed to kill his boss. Two, he's in the fucking media, um, and then the other families. Essentially, the mob came after him, and they the the bombing. Remember the scene with the bombing? Yeah. 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 I mean, it's kind of like it's a hidden character, like a like you know. Like the Shark and Jaws or or Michael Myers. I actually it's really just, like that about the movie. That in real life, uh, according to like again going back to when he did that, when he did kill his boss, and a lot of the other families, the other five families, they weren't they weren't with that shit. They actually um, they actually did multiple attempts on his life where they killed a lot of people. Oh really? Yeah, yeah. Like multiple, multiple, and. Um, oh, another cool little story, just real quick before I get. Um, according to Henry Hill, who is the the guy who Ray Liotta portrays in the God, in the Goodfellas, according to yep. him, the guy who ended up killing uh, Joe Pesci's character um, in Goodfellas, the guy, the real character, the real guy, the real guy who Joe Pesci portrayed, um, was John Gotti, because if you remember in the movie, they kill a guy. And they bury him and got in Goodfellas. The Billy Bats, the guy that says, "Go get your fucking shine box." You remember that? Mm-hmm. That guy was a Gambino, yeah. Gambino uh, crime family member, and he was friends with John Gotti. So it's it's just interesting how all these fucking you know there's there's connections everywhere. So Joe shit. Pesci's character was friends with John. No, no, no. Joe Pesci's character killed. Uh, in the movie, in the Goodfellas, remember in, in the movie Goodfellas, he kills that guy that made fun of him for the shoe shining thing. Yeah, 
Yeah. So that guy who they killed was John Gotti's friend. Oh. Oh. So in the movie, they kill Joe Pesci's character, whose his real name was Tommy DeVito, in real life. Or yeah, Tommy D. Simone. That was a real. That was a real character. Uh, according to Henry Hill, John Gotti's the one that killed that Tommy, the real Tommy. <laughs> so it's it's all like it's all intertwined. That's what I'm saying. Like that's what I like about. I mean, I don't like it. I mean, it's not like it's 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 a wholesome. That's what's story. fascinating. It's, it's fascinating. what's fascinating about. It's fascinating because you know John Gotti killed. This fucking horrible guy in Goodfellas. <laughs> I mean, I guess kind of a psychopath to get a kick out of this, but <laughs> um, evil men butchering evil men. It's kind exactly. of poetic, I guess. I guess so. Yeah, like you know, um, I mean, if you remember Goodfellas, like uh, that guy was a piece of shit. I mean, you know, he had a he had a he had an inferiority complex. He needed to scratch out. You probably yes. needed therapy. I don't know. Like, no, I mean, you're not short, Tommy. You're fine. Oh, well, actually, okay. the real, the real, the real life guy was actually like six four. Oh well, screw him. That's yeah. that's how, that's how they they mixed up that part. He was just was a actually, bully then. Never mind. Yeah, the the Worse. Henry Hill Henry like again. Uh, watched a lot of Henry Hill's interviews because I don't know if you know this about Henry Hill, but he became a chef after he 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 went into into what was it called when you go into hiding witness protection Witness protection he, he we he know knew. a whole lot about a guy that's supposed to like be off the map <laughs> that's kind of scary if i were henry hill i'd be nervous right now. <laughs> he, he's he's dead oh okay. oh he I was died, about to say, maybe he was one of our listeners they got him no 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 he died of uh i believe like uh liver cancer or something he drank a lot so it sounds uh, like it didn't died, happen yeah. to a nicer fella. He died of like essentially old age though. He was like hella old when he died. But but here's the thing. When he went into witness protection, he fucking couldn't stand it. And I don't know if you remember in the movie he was always cooking. Uh he he actually became like a a, a fucking fa- like not a I mean kind of a famous chef where they kind of had to like come in and like yo dude, <laughs> you're fucking hiding. He's like over here writing books. <laughs> on food and he's got restaurants and it's like you're supposed to be laying low and uh, uh he only made like 50 that or uh, 500,000 on Goodfellas which is not I mean that's not like a chub check but um I, 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 I where was I going with this I just watched a lot of interviews with 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 I watched a lot of interviews with uh with uh, Henry Hill and um he talked about the real Tommy and how like he would buy a new gun and he'd just be so fascinated with the new gun that he would walk down the street and just shoot somebody in the head just to just to see how the quality of the gun was what the hell oh my gosh yeah that's the real Tommy was like way scarier than Joe Pesci and Joe Pesci was psychopath man yes yes and Joe Pesci's character I mean Joe Pesci he hung around with like a lot of mobsters so I mean he yeah, that's that's uh, he actually. Uh, I was I was uh, so I was reading about this. Um, he actually had uh, real mob guys take him take take him take Joe Pesci with 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 him just to hang out so he could pick up like their you know their mannerisms their speech and he also grew up with in a rough neighborhood so like he in the mob neighborhood so 
he kind of, you know, he had because that that fucking that's like acting you don't get from acting school, dude. Oh yeah, not at all. Yeah, <laughs> that that fucking am I? Uh, what do you mean? What do you mean funny? That what do you mean funny scene? That yeah. like that's one of the scariest scenes. Yeah, <laughs> actually, like you know, that scene, one but... one thing I will say that I, that I didn't like about the film uh, after I, you know, look look things up later was that they made it look like uh, Gotti was not uh, sanctioning the drug running that Angie was doing. Like, he found out, like, oh, wait, Angie's dealing drugs? Oh, yeah. crap, now we're in trouble. Ah, uh, yeah. But Which, it's like, dude, you yeah. knew the whole time in real life. Right, and it's it's <laughs> it's it's crazy because, like, they all pass, pass themselves off as guys who weren't dealing drugs. But, like, Every dude, the the Lucky Luciano, which is going back to like the twenties, thirties. One of the the guy who actually created a commission between the five families. He was one of the biggest heroin dealers of all time. I mean, this is like the guy who started that whole shit, you know. So, according to according to what's his face, um, um, Henry Hill in his interviews. Like everyone dealt drugs. I mean, what if you if you're a criminal? Come on. Yeah, because what other what other revenue does a mafia have? Well, there's a lot. There's what loan sharking, loan sharking, illegal gambling. Like each family had their own thing. There's a ton of stuff, and you have to remember before heroin and like crack and all that stuff hit the streets, they were like doing bootleg liquor when liquor was illegal in the United States. And then before that they were doing loan sharking and other and illegal, um, illegal gambling and all that kind of stuff. So there's plenty of things that the mob now, now it seems like the mob has gotten so far into legitimate business. They don't, they probably don't have to do too much. I seem to remember, I, I don't know if you've heard this JD, but, did you did you there's a guy in New York who got killed a few months ago and I think they yes. said that he was, he was a suspected leader. like he was a leader, leader of, of the Genovese family. Mm. That's what they're saying. And he when was. I heard that I was like, "Oh, they're still active?" Okay. So, okay, so do you want to know what I've heard that the mob is in charge of? What? And this is something I've heard from like well, it's something I heard back in like 2014 with from drug dealers that I used to. <laughs> it was a long, long time ago. I'm not. So I was involved. Business with? No, no, no. I didn't do business <laughs> with them. But I just, you know, the, 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 they totally like 100% controlled porn. The mob, like they control porn, where it's like a lot of it where you can just go on your phone and purchase stuff. Mm-hmm. That's like the thing they own, and obviously. They've always had some influence over Las Vegas, you know, mm-hmm. that's or gambling, illegal gambling, which is that's a thing still, dude, illegal gambling. That's that was like aside from well, back in the days when it was prohibition. Yeah. Um, and it's funny because you said that because I just earlier this year, I watched the Boardwalk Empire. It, it touches on a lot of real shit. And it's exactly what you said, like the 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 bootlegging was one of their main ones another thing that they also 
are big into. Well, it's going to be funny, but when I worked at Chevron, uh, apparently a lot of a lot of the bootleggers transition once once uh, <laughs> once once it became legal, they transition from bootlegging and 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 making their own whatever hooch. Uh, they transition into into the the petroleum industry, gasoline industry. Mm. I mean, I don't know if they're particularly involved with that, but I wouldn't be surprised. Um, and another one that's huge, which is uh, one that didn't, and Goodfellas was based. So, I, like all these movies are all based on a different family. Like Goodfellas was based on the Lucchese crime family. They controlled the uh, big, like the big thing that they control was the garbage. I mean, think about it. It makes sense, right? Yeah. <laughs> we're gonna dispose bodies. Yeah, yeah. They controlled the garbage. The Gambinos yeah. were were big with the construction, which I mean. The mob and the unions have always had like a, 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 you know, it's always been synonymous with each other. And um, uh, oh, I know, you know, I'm a teamster, so. Oh yeah, yeah exactly. That's the, the Irishman. That's another <laughs> fucking film that just came out. What was it last year? Is that one good? It's it's wait, which film? The, the Irishman. You know what it is, dude? It's oh yeah, like, yeah, 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 yeah. It's kind of like um, seeing Star Wars, that last Star Wars that just came out. Like, that's the last time you're going to see all these characters from these old movies in one. (laughs) From this, that's how it felt, because it's all all the best, like... Yeah, the the performances are good. But the story itself is whack. Okay. And I don't don't really believe... I don't know. I don't think anyone knows where... where, I don't think anyone knows where Jimmy Hoffa is. So, um... I mean, I read somewhere that um, someone, some former operative of the mall, the mob had said where he was buried. Like they said, they cremated him, and then he's like under a baseball field somewhere. I don't remember exactly where. Yeah, there's a bunch of like rumors uh, about where he is. Um, I don't, I don't believe any of them. I don't think. I don't know. I think, I think they like, they probably killed the people that knew about it just in case it came back they killed his son right i think so yeah 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 uh, i don't think anyone knows where he's probably in the barrel filled with concrete in the bottom of the Atlantic and, ocean <laughs> and the, and the irishman i mean he says he did it but i mean he's just to me he's just a union guy who might have done some stuff for the mob but wants to make a name for himself in his old age exactly because if you listen to a lot of uh um, there was one interview with John A. Light, who was a hitman for the Gambinos. Um, he said, I believe it was him who said that guy, uh, what's his name? Uh, the Irishman guy, well, uh, Frank Sheeran. That's called Irish, but yeah. Frank Sheeran. Yeah. Um, supposedly he was just like a hothead who they would send to beat up people. And I think he just needed like. Because he wrote that book at his end of his life, he probably just needed like whatever, some kind of uh, reputation and some money. Money, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um. So yeah, the, the, I mean, another, another. I don't know if you guys have seen this, but since we're on the whole subject of mob movies, um, another movie that's on Netflix right now that's interesting and it's pretty good, man. It's and it's also Al Pacino, but it's not his Godfather style. 
acting is uh, Donny Brasco, which I think you've seen, right? I think that's that's probably my favorite gangster movie. I would say it's one of my favorite too, to be honest. Yeah. And and you know, since I, I mean, we, we I I asked to, to watch this movie because I heard, and I I think Joaquin, you said you've seen, you've seen uh, Michael Francis's interviews. I've uh, seen a bunch, yeah, like Vlad TV, Vlad TV. Fair. He, he has made the rounds, man. He is very good at For somebody it. who should be at least a little bit nervous about, like, you know, considering the fact that the mob isn't totally gone, he's he's definitely public. But then he's such a public figure, it's like, if he gets shot, it's not like we don't know who did it. You know right. what I'm saying? So I guess well, maybe they're like, ah, it's not worth it, you know, you killing know, Mikey. I don't know. He started doing his rounds, though. But, you know, his boss just died last year. And last year is kind of when he started doing his rounds. Like, after his Because there's no one him. looking out for him. Yeah, because his boss actually did put out a hit on him, like he said. And his boss literally just died last year. So, according to whatever, he his boss was still kind of, you know, his boss still had some kind of power um, in the jail cell. Like, you know, which we all, oh, like we all know that's possible. Um, but I mean, there's gotta be somebody taking that boss's place and probably still wants to like air him out because, you know, Michael's telling secrets that no one should know. Well, he's telling secrets, but he's not really telling anything we don't know. You know what I'm saying? Like he's, he, he, he's, uh, a lot of the stories that he's telling it's, it's, um, like you watch for your city already. So I guess you could, I don't know if you caught some of it, but in fear city, they talk about. Yeah, in Fear City, they they talk about uh, Fat Tony Salermo, the the guy who was the Genovese family mem- uh, uh, captain or whatever, and um, uh, he my, my like Michael Francis tells a lot of stories about him, which I mean, you know, if they're dead, fuck it, you know. <laughs> no, I agree. Yeah, <laughs> And it's and it's interesting stories. Like it's all interesting stories. I would recommend anyone listening to this to go watch. Okay, Donnie Brasco is probably one of the best mob movies. And according to Michael Francis, who who said the most realistic mob movie was Gotti, but the best Al Pacino performance in a mob film was Donnie Brasco, according to him, because he said he played that guy. Because uh, uh, Michael Francis was friends with Lefty, the real Lefty, the that guy who. Al Pacino portrays, and he's and 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 Sonny Black. I guess he knew both of those guys, so he says that 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 portrayal that he did was like straight on. So I, I also I really liked uh, Donnie Brasco. It was it was like um, you 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 know there's like always a movie when they put like an upcoming uh, film film star film superstar. They put him in a movie with like a, an already established fucking actor, mm-hmm. and it kind of makes yeah. the young one like really work hard, you know, to keep up with 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 the fucking with the big with the veteran. Exactly, and that's and this is uh what was his name Johnny, Johnny Depp. Depp Johnny Depp's one of this is like one of his first <laughs> non um what's that guy's name uh the guy he works with a lot uh yeah Tim, Bur- uh, Tim Burton. <laughs> One of his first non-Tim Burton films, yeah. and, and it's and it's fucking you know uh, I think I think at this point um, he had already done Godfather one two and three Serpico, like I mean you know yeah, so anyways yeah. it's always it's always good to see like the, the, that kind of film because 
this motherfucker has to like okay one you gotta show that you still are fucking good and they're gonna put you on someone who's hungry and then this hungry motherfucker has to really work hard to be at the level of this other fucking bastard so um that's i mean aside from the whole mob story shit that that's really good fucking acting yeah uh actually that to me that's uh johnny depp i really like his acting in that movie a lot um I'm I'm actually less familiar with with um, Al Pacino, but it was really cool to see both of them, you know, being their characters. Uh, and and actually, um, Johnny Depp's character transforms quite a bit in, in that movie, where he starts off as, as a cop, and then he totally becomes this like really hyper masculine gangster that later on he comes and I think he yells at his wife or something like that. Uh, well, it, you, you know what's crazy about that real story? I mean, they kind of touched on that real story because I actually seen an interview with the real, with the real Donnie Brasco, the the Joe Pistone, the real guy. Yeah. Ooh. And uh, uh, yeah, it's a real interview with uh, with the real one, and he he actually <laughs> he was so good at being undercover that they were gonna initiate him to make him a made man. <laughs> like that's how good. Oh my he, gosh, that's so awesome. That is. Uh, trip because they they wanted to make a make him a made a made guy like <laughs> what would have happened had he act like first ever undercover law enforcement to be a made guy i think well the, the um yeah, go ahead. they had to pull him out before they sorry they had to pull him out before they before they did that my my dad, I remember telling me how uh, I don't know if he was talking about the U.S. or Mexico. How like I guess it is it is it maybe you guys know more about this a common thing where like a cop goes undercover, but it's like you know you start making a lot of money as as a mafia member and uh, fuck that I'm not going back. That's how the a lot of I don't know if you guys are familiar with modern crime stories, yeah. but like the the Los Cetas, which is like. One of the biggest yeah. cartels in Mexico, one of the most ruthless. Yeah. They started off as a military group that they started to to, to fight against the cartels, and then <laughs> once they saw how much more money they made, uh, <laughs> they fucking just they became uh, hired guns for the Gulf Cartel. And I guess you can't them. beat them. Join them. I guess it makes well, sense. Well, eventually they eventually they were the most powerful. I guess it makes sense Even why more. why our government pays its police force so well, right? Yeah, it knows up. it knows what's, uh, what's and they still take bribes, <laughs> and they still take bribes. Have you seen no, the movie? No, somebody Serpico? told me. I haven't. Somebody, somebody like years ago, when I was like uh, recording in an Oakland studio, someone had made a comment and said, "Look, if you are um, dealing in weight, you know, slang for drugs." There are certain drop-off points. You leave them in certain corners. The cops know who's leaving them. That leaving them, and if you leave enough money, a certain amount of money, they will leave you alone while you handle your business. I was like, oh my goodness. And that's the case for every crime city, dude. Like every fucking crime city. Like, uh, I mean, they gotta they gotta go on vacations and shit. You know, they I, oh. Perfect example. Have you seen? You guys have never seen the movie Serpico. This is a, it's another one of those great Al Pacino films. It's in like seventy four, seventy five. Mm-hmm. Um, it's about no, this cop. 
it's a it's it's a based on a true story. It's about a cop uh, or a detective in New York in the seventies, or actually in the sixties, who he wasn't taking bribes. He didn't want to take bribes from the made guys, the wise guys, were were you know would would kick bribe whatever money the, the weekly or monthly to to kind of just stay off the radar, you know, of of the of the, of the wise guys. And he was like a very gung ho cop. He didn't want to take any of the bribes. Eventually, like, it got to the point where he kind of started to testify against the police department, and he was shot by friendly fire. And that's kind of, I mean, not to spoil it, but that's 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 kind of uh, what things led to, you know. Um, before yeah. uh, it's based on a real story. The guy actually, I mean, it's a real story. The guy actually. I mean, he couldn't be a cop anymore, it's, <laughs> to yeah. say the least. Yeah. What were we saying? Before, yeah, before we run out of time. So gangs typically form from oppression, right? Like uh, from either police yes. violence, from poverty. Um, I, I, it, it's a shame that no movie, I, I don't know, the movies I've seen at least don't really explore that. It's like, yeah, they're the villains, but like, you know, and I, I, sorry about getting political, but like, there's a system in place that makes it so that these people, uh, you know, become this. Um, and it's like, you know, if, if you have a limited opportunity, if you're oppressed, whatever, like, what are you going to turn to? Something illegal, usually, right? But drug dealing or whatever. Right. And then the other thing is, like, everything that we accuse these gangs of do or mafias of doing, like, there are, are, are um, institutions legal institutions that do the same things to its population for example loan sharking everybody is a victim of loan sharking like right everybody knows somebody who's in debt one way or another and is not going to be able to pay you have all these student loans you have credit cards housing is a fucking scheme your car you know you're paying way more than what it's really worth especially when you consider yeah the only difference between there is a difference between like the mafia style loan sharking and like check into cash or whatever and or your average bank and that's if you don't pay the bank back they don't break your legs and they don't kill you mafia they just breaks they your legs your and kills you yeah and that's that's, that's the problem but that's for the people that don't that don't pay but for the people that do pay which i imagine the majority of them do pay that there wouldn't be a difference right you're, you're still kind of a what's the term a wage slave I had to, anyways, um, most people would end up paying and, and you would kind of be in debt forever. Uh, the other thing yeah. is, is... But what makes yeah. what makes them also insidious is you have situations where they go into, like, let's say, a, a, a your corner-run grocery store, right? Mm -hmm. Run by a little old lady and her husband. And then you go in there and you say, hey, it's a nice place you got here. It's a rough neighborhood. Be ashamed if somebody, you know, came through and broke a couple blindos. Ain't that right, Rocco? And Rocco goes, yeah, yeah, boss, breaks a window. Now, we can keep this from happening to you on a regular basis if you give us a bit of insurance money. I think the next thing you know, you're, you're paying the mob, quote unquote, protection money. But you're not, you're not just protecting yourself from one of the rival families. You're also protecting yourself from the family you're paying. 
I think that we do do that. We just don't do it. MS MS thirteen does that a lot in LA to like little street vendors, like little, which is fucked up. Like those little vendors that sell fucking, you know, uh, those uh, fucking corns and shit. A lot of those guys in LA, yeah, are controlled by like either the cartels or MS thirteen, and it, and it's it goes up from there, and and like the modern day corporation. A lot. The modern day corporations kind of took a lot of what the mob created, because essentially, I mean, if you follow the origins of mob or or, or criminal, or whatever, or, or just mafia, if, if I'm not mistaken, if you guys can correct me, but it, it, the origins are in China. What? And it, yes, it, it's like one of those things that the Italians got from China. Other than noodles, was the whole. The secret societies, like kind of se- second government, because in a way you kind of need those guys for when the the real government gets corrupt. Who do you go to? Just like if they. Mm, just so like, you're just, saying that the triad influenced before the triad, La Nostra, huh? Uh, that according to yes, according to my to my my sources. That is correct. Like it's 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 like in China is where, where um, because you know if you think of it, look at China, how many dynasties have had power, and from what I from supposedly, that's why like there needed to be an underground thing. Like, what do you go for for the mob? Usually, it's for help. You know, I've heard about this from when I worked at Comcast. Uh, well, I shouldn't say. <laughs> when I worked one of my old jobs, I had a friend who he himself, uh, he, you know how some people like buy and sell stocks, yeah. do stock trading. He invested money with the mob back in the East Coast, like that. He would he would invest whatever, and according to the guy he dealt with, it's like okay, you invest whatever. Ten thousand, I could probably if I if I use his wife, I could you know, uh, it'll it'll. He was gonna get something in return for investing with them, like like you would invest on Apple stock. So right. it's kind of it's kind of like a, I mean you could look at it like a sec second government, and that's why and you know have to break your that's why they have to break your legs, <laughs> right? Because they don't have the um. The infrastructure Strength. to throw you in jail or or right. cancel your credit or whatever they have to break your legs to do it. Exactly. But the other thing, the <laughs> other thing they'll do too, is they'll come in and they'll go, "Hey, you need a favor? I can do you a favor." And then they do you a favor, and then you owe them. That's another yep. way they get in. Yeah. Remember that favor I did for you? Remember how I beat up them dudes that was looking at your daughter funny? Well, yep. you own this cement truck. I kind of need to use it for night. No questions asked. Who's that guy in the bag begging for his life? Don't worry about it. Are you going to give me the cement truck or not? Yeah, I guess so. And if you say no, you go in the cement truck too. This so, is, this is, yeah. So, so we do do the thing where it's like, uh, you know, we don't extort um, uh, shops run by little old, old ladies. But um, I think what we do do is extort other countries for their resources. And then those countries yes. are, are, um, are kind of, you know submissive to to the u.s the other thing is drug dealing right the biggest drug dealer are, are drug dealers are the pharmaceuticals 
there's way more people getting addicted to drugs legally. Um, yeah, and I, I, my understanding is that these drugs are also very expensive too. Um, yeah. So, anyways, I just wanted to make. And, that. and if you and if you and if you look at where they come from, like exact exactly, you look at where they come from. Um, back in the 30s and the 40s, 50s, they were being sold illegally by the mob. <laughs> And now they're sold legally by corporations. Well, that's the only difference is that it's legal, but the harm is the same. It's, it's legal, but it's the same. And a lot of the families that are running the shit are all the same, dude. Well, I, I would just, be, it's, Go ahead. Sorry. It's all just – it's just called a corporation now. I would – Because they, they operate the same, dude. Yeah. Like, and now it's, it's like – you know what the difference between like a, 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 the, the mob and, and, and quote-unquote – it's just like the gangsters are, are soldiers – just as civilians yeah i mean you know like <laughs> um yeah <laughs> i apologize for making this political the, the, you know the last thing no no but it's it's this is dude, dude this is politics like a mother yeah we're called the voice party and i like the idea that we're a pun so we both mean party hey confetti in the air and also party hey this is our national convention <laughs> Uh, Joaquin, Joaquin, you 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 know Immortal Technique, right? It's one of, of my course favorite I rappers. do. Okay, this 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 is when I was like first getting to know him. I saw interviews, and I this never I never forgot this because they used to clown him for talking politics a lot in his raps, and then he said to the uh, someone that asked him that shit, it's like he's like, dude, honestly, he's like, politics is the most gangster shit there is in the world, and and it's true, no, man, because like. Real. Real, an example of that, dude. You, you, I spoke about him earlier. Lucky Luciano. You guys familiar with him, right? Who? Lucky, Lucky, yeah. Lucky Luciano. Yeah, one of the most influential mobsters ever. He's like, they call him like the most successful mobster of all time because he didn't die in jail or he wasn't gunned down. He was smart in what he did. And he fucking like died of a heart attack as an old man, which you know, for those for for a gangster to die that way of a heart attack at old age is a success, mm-hmm. you know. So one of the things that he he did was when he was locked up for selling whatever heroin and bootlegging in his in in New York. There, I believe, during one of the world wars, if I'm not mistaken, must have been World War Two. Um, he basically controlled the the New York, the port of New York from the the port of New York that from uh, that received shit from Italy. Like he he controlled it. I mean, just kind of like how now they're saying that China controls a lot of our ports. Um, he controlled the port of New York, like everything that came into New York. And if you look at history with mobs and any kind of criminal organizations, they all control the ports because. How do you get? How do you get um, in the '80s with like Oakland? You know, how do you think they were getting the fucking co- uh, the cocaine to make crack or freebase? Oh yeah, a lot of that. Yeah, there's there's this book that talks a lot about that. I forgot what it's called. I believe it's called the New Jim Crow. I mean, anyways, you know this this we all know the CIA got together and said, hey, you guys, there's a box of coke. Have have some fun. We're gonna go fund these right wing guerrilla folks over there in this you know south and central america Contras. because well we we got to fight the communists but but uh but we're going to destroy you um in order to fund this thing two birds with one stone because you yeah. don't really like the negroes anyway 
And we can get rid of the Negroes and the commies in one walk. Nice. Yeah. It's fucked up. Yeah. But, oh, yeah, exactly. That's now yeah, you know. what what I would like to see more of, because when I when I went on my whole mafia binge, um, I learned quite a bit, not just about the Italian mob, but about some of the other mobs, the Jewish mob, the Irish mob, the Russian mob. But what piqued my interest and I don't feel like there's enough really written about is uh, is like the African-American contingent of that, especially going back to like the Dutch Schultz days, you know, like bumpy when, knuckles. When is that? And that's like um, Harlem 40s, Renaissance. Okay. No, no, no. It's late. It's sorry. It's later than the Harlem Renaissance. So, yeah, fifties. No, no. Because Bumpy Schultz was, was 40, Bumpy was like late forties. Bumpy Schultz was is late before. Schultz is uh, late forties, right? Gangster, right? I know. I think so. I think so. Because and Bumpy, Bumpy Knuckles was, was like elderly was Lucas, when Luke right? Frank, like Bumpy Knuckles, I think was like elderly when Frank Lucas started coming around. Yes, he was because Bumpy was Bumpy was the big guy before Frank Lucas. And just a little, uh, well, we're on the subject, and I'm glad you brought this up. One of the people I'm trying to bring on, which might happen, I'm not sure yet. I really want him on. I uh, talked with someone about doing the show. Is uh, uh, Freeway Ricky Ross? Yeah, because that could tie into everything that you're talking about now. Oh, okay. That's a whole other Most thing. Most you look at like how how old, how long you know black people have been in America. That's yeah. Like there's some like in the what was it in the in New York in the in the eighties the Zulu Nation. Like they were yeah big time. They controlled yeah that New gang York. yeah <laughs> yeah. I mean, but it, eventually like just... African Babata came in. It was like peace and love, y'all. Music. Yeah, but I've heard interviews with some ex-members, and it's like, you know, that was, for some of them, supposedly that was a front. It's like, there's no fucking way in hell we're going to listen to some entertainers, you know, <laughs> which makes sense. No, it does. I don't know. I mean, It yeah. does, but I mean, their activity slowed down, though, you know what I mean? Like, Oh, yeah, for sure, for sure. Um... They they definitely what what somebody had posted uh, a few weeks back on Facebook. So why is it that you know the yakuza, the triads, the the Italian mobsters, they all you know they all have this idealized uh, a version of themselves in the silver screen, but when you get to like black and brown gangs. You know, you'll never see this like majestic, idealized, uh, uh, you know, project. And I said, well, no, it depends on the film. I didn't, I didn't comment, but I thought, well, it depends on the movie. Like we just talked now about how Godfather makes them look dignified and something to aspire to and respect. And then like um, Goodfellas makes them out to be a bunch of like loud, psychopathic, angry children who are monsters and something to be feared and not respected. And like Sopranos kind of rides like a very interesting middle middle ground there. You kinda of like Tony Soprano, you also kinda of don't. He's an anti hero. But my simple my simple response to that question is it's easy 
to make people look dignified when they're wearing three-piece suits, no matter how monstrous yeah. they are. But if you're wearing yeah. baggy jeans and a blue shirt, it's kind of difficult. <laughs> and you know what? I, that I'm said, to that. that said, I would be interested in putting together my version of a Godfather film, but set it in Los Angeles with if not Crips and Bloods take it over to Chicago and explore like the um, the folk nation the those people because they were super organized they had like yeah. legit businesses and they were like almost as organized as like your successful mobsters were before the, the feds took them down so yeah, they, they... I would be like I could probably tell a godfather story with those folks you know and, and and you know what would make another uh, an, uh, an updated an updated version of American Me because American Me touches on the uh, on the Mexican mafia's early days the up you know they started in a prison gang but now um, it's too well I think we need this interview with this guy who became a whistleblower because they had been like one of the most secretive organizations ever and. And there was this guy, his name is Rene Boxer. His nickname was Boxer. It's interviews. He he talks about the influence that there's only about 100 members of the Mexican Mafia. Everyone else that you see with bald heads is just soldiers. There's only about 100 members, according to him. That's how organized it is. And they have, like, influence over judges in L.A. and <laughs> and, like, a lot of legitimate businesses now. So back to what you're saying, like there's not a lot of films on that in in like the brown and the black, whatever. Are there any that that have a dignified black or brown gangster? No, no, not American Gangster maybe, kind of, but not really. Yeah. Yeah, but uh, overall, <laughs> we, we went off again, <laughs> which is it's great. It's great because this is. This we mentioned a lot of films that you know are kind of similar to this, yeah. and um, so I I give this an eight out of ten, maybe even a nine out of ten. Honestly, uh, just just on the acting alone, I would say um, that if you're if you're interested in the genre. I think it's a good movie to watch just because, yes. just because of how different it is, right? From the the it's made for TV. It's 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 what at this point it's a twenty five year old movie, I think. Uh, the um, twenty twenty four. Okay, yeah. Um, it's definitely one of those that I feel like if you want to flex your your gangster movie knowledge, this would be the movie, right? Because everybody knows Good Goodfellas, Godfather. Like, this is a good movie, and it has enough good things about it that you can see say hey this is a good movie check it out and then, and then you know and then talk about it um yeah that, that's how i would uh i would kind of qualify it it's it's, it's, a, it's a it's a i would call it a hidden hidden gem if you will yeah definitely jx um so i'll give you my rating real quick I came into this discussion with a solid 7.5 rating. Um, but after discussing the theory of the mob acting as a character within it, like a personified character, and then like Gotti being the character flaw that they have to deal with, 
it bumps it up to an 8.5 out of 10 for me easy. That that makes me forgive the early world building dialogue in the beginning of the film that I kind of hated so much. Now I'm like, oh, okay, no, I get it. Okay, that's fine. You know, you know why I say that, though? You know why I say that, though, about, about the personification of the Cosa Nostra? Is because yeah. from the very beginning... The, the monologue, which uh, that's one of, like, I like the monologue. It was so intense and so well written. Um, he 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 kind of says, you're going to miss La Cosa Nostra, because he talks about all the all the upcoming mobs that are coming yeah, up. Yeah, I like that line. And he says, yeah, and it's like, you, how we are very organized and we keep to ourselves and we only kill ourselves. That's what he was kind of talking about, like, all these other gangs don't give a fuck. They'll kill your kids. They'll, they'll fucking, you know, and us, we just kind of kill ourselves to keep ourselves in check with what we do. I mean, to translate in, in New York mob street language to, you know, for me, that's essentially that's what you were saying. And right then and there, he tells you you're going to miss La Cosa Nostra. And it, it kind of like it sets it up to where it's like that can be a character and that's that's why i said it i don't know if that's what they're trying to do but that's what i kind of picked up from it um, no that's a brilliant interpretation and that's why i am giving this film an 8.5 out of 10 instead of a 7 right on i man that's because it, it made me I, see it in yeah. a different light right on yeah I, I i think i think i might watch it again <laughs> just to kind of like it you know and then uh, it, I I recommend I, re- I mean it's free and it's on fucking YouTube and ninety percent of you motherfuckers who are listening I ain't got shit to do right now so go so go check it out and then leave a comment on what you think. All right, right, guys. All yeah. right, well, all right. Send us off. Send us off. Okay. Enough said. Did you catch that, Joaquin? All right, everybody. This has been the voice party. We're out.